lives. Amen. And so I'm excited. I'm so grateful and I'm so thankful for the grace of God. I'm so thankful for the people that God has sent, you know, to us to help carry out the vision of this house, which is to reach the lost, you know, to train them up with the word, uncompromising word of God. You'll never, the word of God will never be compromised in this house. Healing will never be compromised. That's why we never stop. That's why when they said, shut the church, we said, shut your mouth. Because we're not shutting nothing, you know? And so this is not our church. We're just, Jesus Christ is the chief shepherd. He is the head of, of the body. And so we're, we're going to choose to obey him. And so, you know, um, we're going to continue to do it. We're going to continue to do it with the help of God. I believe that, you know, that Jesus is coming back very soon. I don't believe we're in the last days because the last days started at the day of Pentecost. We're in the final hours, and that is why we're seeing such a resistance. That's why we're seeing all these this things happening. But what, you know, but for the church, Jesus is coming back for a glorious church, not a defeated church, not a backslidden church, not a lukewarm church, not a cold church, an on fire Holy Ghost power, in love with Jesus, non-compromising church. <laughs> and that, the, that is the church that we are a part of. Amen. And Jesus is coming back for those that are expecting him to come back. So if you're expecting his return, you're going to be ready for his return. If you're not expecting his return, you're going you're gonna to miss it. Amen. But you're not going to miss it. You're not going to miss it in the name of Jesus. And so we know that the next big event, that it, biblical event that is yet to happen is the rapture of the church, is the catching away of the church. Nobody knows the, 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 the time, nobody knows the hour, but the Bible does give us signs of the times and every sign, biblical sign that is to pass before the coming of Jesus has already been fulfilled. And so here we are living in the greatest hour. The greatest hour of the glorious church, the conquering church, the thriving church, the overcoming church of Jesus Christ. If you're part of that church, I want you to give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah. I want to encourage you, if you, if, you know, to plug in. Plug in like never before. You know, the Bible tells us in Hebrews 10, 23. Glory to God. Let us hold fast. To the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promises faithful. And let us consider one and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more, say so much the more. 
as you see the day approaching. How many of you see the day approaching? It says, let us find ways to stir up each other in love and in good works, not forsaking the assembling, the gathering of ourselves, not forsaking it. And it says, as some have gotten used to doing. Are you with me? That's not going to be us. Why? Because we understand that the day is approaching. Amen. God loves the church. God loves the church, the body of Christ. Don't mess with the church, the body of Christ. You are the church, the body of Christ. How many of you are part of that triumphant church? Amen. I want to talk, that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. I want to talk to you about the church. Is that okay? Say the church. Where do I start? Let me tell you some things about the church. That's who you are. Amen. First, let me tell you, see, my mind is like Ephesians. Glory be to God. Five. It says in verse. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. In Ephesians 5, let's do verse 25. Glory be to God. It says, Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church. And gave himself for her. Can I repeat that? Husband, love your, love your wives. Just as Christ also loved the church. And what did he do? He gave himself for her. That he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. That he might present her, the church, to himself, a glorious church. Say, a glorious church. Not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy. Say, holy. And without blemish. So he's going to present himself a glorious church. Without spot or wrinkle. A glorious church is a church full of the presence of God. That is washed by the water of the word. A church that is, lives in holiness. A church without spot or wrinkle. Purchased by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus gave his life up for the church. And the church, which I want to talk to you about this morning, is the ecclesia. 
Say ecclesia. That's the Greek word for church, the ecclesia, which originally referred to an assembly of people summing together. The called out ones consist of the church of the living God. The church is a congregation of God's people purchased by the blood of Jesus who are called together. Say together. That's unity. Say unity. That is called together by God as citizens of the kingdom of God for the purpose. There's a purpose for the church. You know, when I grew up, I never knew I was the church. I thought we're going to the church. And there is, the, the church is the people assembling together. And it is for the very purpose, as you heard on Wednesday night, for worshiping God. But not just worshiping God in song and in word, but indeed. With our lives as living sacrifices unto the Lord. Not just, you know, we got to be very careful because the Bible says that in the last days there will be a people that worship God with their mouths, but their hearts are far away from him. That's not what we want to be. We are the called out church for the very purpose of worshiping the King of kings and the Lord of lords with our breath, with our lives, with everything that we are. Because after all, we owe it all to him. We belong to him. He's not just our Savior. He is our Lord. Say, he's my Lord. And we don't belong to ourselves. Honoring God as a living sacrifice. The Bible says in Romans 12, don't be conformed to this world. Don't adapt to the ways of the world. And right now you're seeing a great pressure and attack in, in people's spirituality. And the Bible says, don't conform to this world. Adapt to his ways. But be ye being transformed continually by the renewing of the mind, by the word of God. There has to, there has to, a transformation has to take place every day of your lives by the word of God. In Ephesians 2.19, in the NLT, the Apostle Paul says, So now you Gentiles, that's what we, who we were considered, are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens. We were, we were strangers. We were the outsiders. But Jesus created a one new people called the church. No longer Jews, no longer Gentiles, but one people, one God, one Holy Spirit. You are citizens along with all God's holy people. Say, I'm a citizen. Of the kingdom of God. Say, I am in, I'm in this world, but I'm not of this world. Be careful to get yourself comfortable. 
or adapt it to the to this world because you're not gonna we're, we're only here temporary are you with me we're only here temporary when that trumpet blows we're gonna be caught up the bible says who's gonna be caught up with jesus we're gonna be caught up in the air and then the same scripture says you are members of god's family say i am a member of God's family. The church is presented as the people of God. Say, I am the people of God. The company of redeemed believers. Redeemed believers. People that have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. People that were slaves to sin. Who were transferred from darkness into the kingdom of light. By accepting what Jesus did for them on the cross. We have been translated from kingdom to darkness. And now we belong to the company of redeemed believers. That was made possible by the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Oh, can somebody say thank you, Jesus. In 1 Corinthians 1-2, it says... I am writing to God's church in Corinth. To you who have been called by God to be his own holy people. He made you holy by means of Christ Jesus. Just as he did for all people everywhere who call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. In 1 Peter 1, 18, 19, if I'm going too fast, go ahead and just catch it with your spirit. So it can hit you in a good way. In 1 Peter 1, 18, it says, For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life. Oh, boy. You inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. Oh, glory be to God. How many of you are thankful you've you done away with that empty life? If you walked into this place lost, empty, today is your day. To be set free and to be fulfilled by the Spirit of God in the name of Jesus. The church is a people called out. Come out from among them. The unbelievers. The church is a people called out of the world. The system of the world. The government of the world. And into God's kingdom. God's government, God's domain. Separation from the world is inherent to the church's nature and is a reward by having the Lord as one's father. 2 Corinthians 6, 16, it says, And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God, the church. Is the temple 
of the living God. As God said, I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. He will live where? In us. How can we be afraid when it's become real to us that we are carriers of the Spirit of God? That we are carriers of the presence of God? How can we shrink in fear? How can we be cowards? How can we just play, roll down and play dead? No, greater is he that is in us than he that is of this world. If you know he lives in you, I want you to give a mighty shout of praise. They should be scared of you, but they won't be unless you know who you're carrying. You'll be harassed, you'll be bullied until it becomes a revelation to you that greater is he that is in me than he that is of this world. You'll walk with authority. You'll walk with an ability that you've never had before. You'll find yourself doing things that you never imagined you could do. And it's not by might nor by power, but it is by the Spirit of God that is on the inside of you. You'll be more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. There won't be no excuse, no reasons why you can and cannot do. You won't even have to put the blame on anybody. You will, it will be registered in your spirit that you can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens you. Hallelujah. Be strong in the Lord, the Bible says, and in the power of his might. That you may be able to stand against all the wiles of the devil. And having done all, stand. And you shall stand in the name of Jesus. No matter what comes, you, your portion will be to stand, to produce, to be fruitful, and to multiply for the glory of God in Jesus' name. Therefore, come out from amongst unbelievers. And separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things. And I will welcome you. And I will be your father and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Isn't the Lord good? The church is the body of Christ. Listen. Man, there's not enough time. Because this is just a point. <laughs> this is just the intro. But the church is the body of Christ. We are the church. We are, we are the body of Christ. And he is the head. And the body of Christ is strong. The body of Christ is not sick. The body of Christ is not weak. Are you with me? The church is the body of Christ. And Christ is the head of the church. In Ephesians 1.22, it says, God has put all things, all things under the authority of Christ and made him head over all things for the benefit of the church, for our benefit, say for my benefit. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. God had put all things under the authority of Christ. And we are the body of Christ. And Christ is the head of the church. 
We are the temple of the living God. In 1 Corinthians 3.17, I love this. Catch this. In the NIV translation, it says, if anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. Why are you sleeping, losing sleep at night? Go to sleep. God will take care of his people. If anyone destroys God's temple, oh, and the enemy, though he knows he's defeated, he's barking loud. But let the barks that the dog, who's, I think it's Pastor Ronnie that says this, let the dogs bark and let the caravan keep moving. It doesn't matter the noise that, that he's making. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. God's temple is sacred. And you together are that temple. God's temple is sacred. And we together are that temple. The church is an army. We are the army of the Lord. We have been enlisted by Christ Jesus when we accepted him into our lives. That's why the Apostle Paul, I love what he said. He says, I don't have time to get entangled in this civilian affairs. Let's I disappoint the one who enlisted me. He's like, I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission to preach the gospel, to expand the kingdom of God, to fulfill God's calling in my life until my day is up. And that's us. Whether you know it, each and every one of us has been enlisted into the army of the Lord. And this army is involved in spiritual conflict. And this spiritual conflict is described as a warfare, but not a defeated warfare, as a warfare of faith. You see, we're not, we're in a spiritual warfare, but I got to be careful because when people think warfare, they get weird. The Bible says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and darkness, and rulers of this dark age. It is a warfare of faith. We're in a fight, but it's a good fight. Fight the good fight of faith. A good fight is a fight that you know you're fighting, but at the end you win. You don't go in it wondering if you're going to lose, at, you know. You go in knowing I win. Are you with me? Fight the good fight of faith. It's act. Go. When David fought Goliath, he didn't say, God, just do what you do. Fight my battle for me. Yeah, he knew. He said, God fights my battle, but he went towards the giant. He went knowing that he, he was going to win. Are you with me? We go knowing that we win. No matter what happens, we win. It's not a, a thing for the church. The triumphant church is not a matter of you know, uh, 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 um, wrestling with the devil. We don't wrestle with the devil. The devil has been defeated. 
You know, you hear me tell you about this image that people put is the, the Jesus and the devil on wrestling. You need to throw that in the trash because the devil has already been defeated. Jesus already stripped him of his power. 1 John 3, 8, for this reason was the Son of God manifested to destroy the works of the devil, and he did. And then he gave us authority over all, say all, the power of the devil. We have authority. Remember when he sent out the disciples to heal the sick, cast out devils, and they came back rejoicing because devils obeyed them? And Jesus said, don't rejoice because devils obey you. They're supposed to. They know they're supposed to. But rejoice because your names are written in the, in the, in the book of life. He says, I, I seen Satan fall from heaven. He says, he's defeated. Don't rejoice because, you know, casting out devils, he says, is the least thing. Is the small thing. The great thing as that is that your name is written in the book of life. Don't give the devil too much credit or no credit at all. How about that? You know, you raise up thinking that everything that happens, everything is a, a, the, the, the devil, the blame, the devil, the devil, the devil. Well, how about we take responsibilities for our lives and accept what Jesus Christ has done for us and start rising up like that army that he's called us to be and put the devil where he belongs. And that's not in our children, not in our bodies, not in our homes, but under our feet. In the name of Jesus. I believe, who was it? You, Christian, that said the only, the only thing the devil should know about you is your shoe size. Because that's the only thing he should be able to see. What size your shoe is from the bottom. We look at him down. We don't look at him up. You either have a big God and a little devil or a, a big devil and a little God. Are you with me? Hallelujah. The church is the army of the Lord. And the church is rising up strong. The church is rising up in, this, in spirit, in the spirit of the word. And in the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. How many of you are part of that church? You know, let me continue. The church of the living God started at the day of Pentecost. It started in the fire of God. And the church must continue in the fire of God. And the church will go out in the fire of the Holy Ghost. John said, I'll baptize you in water, but there cometh one after me that I'm not even worthy of tying his sandals, but he shall baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire. Somebody say fire of God. It's the fire of God that when it comes into your life, like it did to me on that day, in, in that summer day in 2004, where I encountered the Lord, the presence of God, the fire of God came from the top of my head to the soles of my feet, 
that changed my life forever. That fire of God that propelled me into the calling of God for my life. It's going to take the church to be full of the power of God and full of the fire of God to continue to go forward in the plan of God, to continue to prepare herself for the great coming of the Lord, to continue to be a body that is holy, that is pure, that is victorious, that is separated, that is the bride that is beautifying herself for the return of the groom. It's going to take the fire of the living God. How many of you have, have you experienced the fire of the Holy Spirit? And I pray that fire of God falls upon you today. In the name of Jesus Christ. And he will burn on the inside of you like never before. And that if there is anything in your life that when the fire comes in from the top of your head to the soles of your feet, it'll put a fire in you to continue to move forward into all that God will have you do here on this earth. Somebody say Holy Ghost and fire. We need it. We need it. Can I tell you why? In Leviticus 6.13, it says that the fire shall ever be burning upon the altar and it shall never go out. The fire shall ever be burning upon the altar. And let me say this, upon the altar of your heart. And it shall never go out. Say, it shall never go out. The one charge that, the, 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 that was against the church in the book of Revelation is about a people that were doing things for God. But one thing that they failed to do was to maintain their first love. To maintain the fire burning on the inside of them of their first love for the Lord. And we have to take personal responsibility in our lives to see to it. And I'll help you. The leaders here will help you. But to make sure that you burn with the fire of the Holy Ghost until Jesus returns. That when you come into this place, you'll have an encounter and continue to have fresh encounters with the Holy Ghost and with the fire of God that will continue to carry you and will continue to cause you to burn, to propel you into the ways and the things of God. Can I tell you something? Or can I tell you more? We live in a world that places a high demand on your spirituality. And we see it happening in many ways. What is not good 
is now called good. We've seen it creeped in the church like never before. I believe the Methodist church uh, assigned their first transgender or drag queen pastor. How many of you want a, a referral to go there? Okay, just checking. That which is not sacred, that which, that which is, uh, they won't consider things sacred anymore. You have all these people, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, against holiness, against, you know, uh, um, my God, where do I begin? The corruption in the school system, the corruption You know, you see it in the, in the stores, in the, in the cartoons, in the, you know, in the, in, in everything. There's a great demand on your spiritual life. In Matthew 24, 12, it says... I have it written down here. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. We need the fire of God to burn on the inside of us. And we need to have a proper love for God. What is a proper love? A love, you know, the, what, you know, for me, the best word, well, Jesus said it. If you love me, obey me. How many of you love the Lord? Then obedience should be the demonstration of it. Are you with me? When you love gravitates you. And so when your love is for God and for him only, you are going to be gravitated towards him. And you'll find pleasure obeying him, making it your business, pleasing him in every area of your life. But we're living in a time that is demanding of your spirituality. Because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. you got to protect the power of God's love on the inside of you. That is the world we live in. An abundance of iniquity that is causing the love of many to run out. We've seen that more in this uh, last couple of years. People that were in church. People that were activated in the kingdom of God. And because of things that took place and the pressures of life, you know, especially when the church is shut down, <laughs> 
What were people doing on church days? Faithfully sitting in front of their TV, listening to their pastors? I don't think so. It's hard enough to come to church and to put your phone down. Imagine not being in the house of the Lord. Do you think everybody, everybody went back to church when the church opened? Absolutely not. How many of you know people that were in church but now are out of church? Exactly. Because you get your, you know, your focus. Your desires change. Your priorities change. The love for things. Come on you. And you're no longer gravitated. Or find it a priority to put God first. Put first what God loves. And hate what God, hate, God hates. He loves righteousness. And he hates wickedness. Are you with me? Will you keep your love? Will you keep the fire of God burning in your life? You know, the Bible says broad is the way. Broad is the way that leads where? Destruction. Broad is the way and there are many that are going that way. But narrow is the way that leads to life. And the Bible says, and there are a few that are going that way. It's easy to go with the flow. It's easy to go where everybody is going. And it takes no resistance. But thank God for the power of the Holy Ghost that causes us to be separated and to stand out and to be able to do hard things. And that is the go to the way to the Lord. Amen. Broad is the way that leads to where? And many are going that way. Many. The Bible says many. But narrow is the way that leads to life. And they are a few. Say a few. Say a few again. Say a few three times. Are you part of that few? Are you a part of that few? I can't answer that but you. You have to answer that for yourself. Jesus is coming back for a glorious church. Amen. Are you part of that few? The Bible talks about the ten virgins. Five foolish and five wise. The foolish ones were the ones that got distracted. They got lazy. Somewhere down the line, they were, they were filling their lamps with oil, getting ready for the groom to come. But somewhere down the line, these five virgins got a little, little distracted. Maybe they got discouraged. Maybe they, you know, got tired. Maybe they missed church here and there. And before you know it, they were watching online. I don't know. But whatever, whatever it was, they found themselves not ready, not prepared. So when the, when the groom came, and how many of you know the groom is coming for his bride? When the groom came, the Bible says... That they were not, five were not ready. And they turned to the other five that had been waiting for the groom, that had been ready, filling their lamps with oil. Hallelujah. They had their lamps burning. Glory to God. They said, the, the, the foolish one says, 
Hey, girls, my translation. Give me some of that oil. The groom is here. And the five wise says, I don't think so. Go get you some oil yourself because we're about to go in with a groom. Hallelujah. Oh, well, that ain't love. What, that ain't love. What kind of, that, that's me. No, uh-uh. Love is telling you right now, stay ready because the groom is coming. And you're going to be found watchful, waiting for his return. And the Bible says that they went to go get some oil. And when they came back, it was too late. The time is now. The time is now to keep your lamps full of oil, full of the fire of God, knowing and being an expectant that Jesus is coming back for his bride. And you're not going to be caught napping you're not going to be caught distracted. You're not going to give in to the deception of the enemy. You're not going to give in to the, uh, the, the ways of this world. You're going to burn for the Lord until Jesus returns. And you're going to be caught up with him in the heavens. Hallelujah. The church must continue to burn. Hallelujah. The church must continue to burn. In 2 Timothy... 2 Timothy, glory be to God. Who's glad they came to church this morning? I'm glad you did too. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise the name of the Lord. Listen to what it says here. The Apostle Paul, it says in 2 Timothy 3, 1. He says, you should know this, Timothy. That in the last days there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud. Scoffing at God. Disobedient to their parents. And ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that makes them godly. They will have a form. They look godly. They go to church, but... Just because you sit in a church doesn't make you a Christian. The same way that you stand in your garage doesn't make you a car. Are you with me? It's surrendering your life to Jesus. Accepted him as Lord and Savior and taken upon his life. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. The Bible says. Now it's one thing that people come in and they grow, they're growing. They need help. But it's another thing that people are just living the way they want to in rebellion towards the things of God. But then they try to act like they're godly. And they're not. They have a form of godliness. But they deny the power that can make them godly. 
And that is the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. That is the power of the Holy Ghost. How many of you are thankful for the power of the Holy Ghost? How many of you are thankful for the fire of the Holy Ghost? He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. And I pray that before some of you leave out of here this morning, that you'll receive a, either the fire of the Holy Ghost or a fresh baptism of the fire of the Holy Spirit that will put fire on your tail to continue to run in these final hours for the glory of God, being about your Father's business, expanding the kingdom of God. In Jesus' mighty name, hallelujah. Let me continue and let me finish. The church started in the fire on the day of Pentecost. On the day of Pentecost, there was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Jesus had spoken unto them and told them, don't do anything until I, you receive the Holy Spirit. I'm going to send them. And you shall be baptized in the Holy Ghost and with fire. And Jesus said, how be it when the spirit of truth comes? Somebody say the spirit of truth. He shall lead you and guide you unto all truth. When they were in the upper room, the Bible says that there was a sound. A mighty rushing wind. And the Bible says that they were all filled and that they all began to speak in tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and the fire of God. The church started in the fire. And, as it, and, and what happened as a result? Well, the ministry of Jesus continued. The book of Acts is called the book of Acts because after that the Holy Ghost came upon them, they became people of action. The church is an army of the Lord that are people of action. Say action. What are we doing? We are continuing the ministry of Jesus Christ. The church started in the fire. What was the result of it? What was the result? They occupied. They occupied. And the Bible says occupied while there is still time. Work while there is still time. Because the hour cometh where no man can work. The time of work is now. And we can only do it by the power and the fire of the Holy Spirit. We are called to fulfill the Great Commission. We all have been given the ministry of reconciliation. Reconciling people back to Jesus Christ. Well, I'm not a pastor. It doesn't say pastors. It says that we've all have been given a ministry of reconciling people back to Jesus. Everyone in this place, how many believers are here? The great commission belongs to you. In Mark 16, 15, Jesus said, and he said to them, 
Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. How many believers are here this morning? How many believers are here this morning? And the signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. Ooh. I remember they brought a lady to me. It was, a, it, was a, it was a little while back. And she walked into this house feigning. They didn't know why. She was just feigning. And she couldn't keep herself up. And when I seen her, they brought it to me. And I, I was getting ready to come out and preach, and they met me right here, and they said, Pastor Sandy, something is wrong with her. She doesn't know. She keeps just falling. And the moment I looked at her, I knew it was a demon on the inside of her that was causing her to faint that way. And I said, bring her back to my office. Let's go back here. I recognized it the moment I seen her. I said, oh, she has a passenger on the inside of her. They brought her to my office. And I looked at her, and I said, in the name of Jesus, I said, say Jesus. And she said, <laughs> and her eyes opened up. I never seen eyes that big. Human eyes turn like an animal. Her pupils on the inside got so big. And look, she looked at me, and she was like, like she, it, it's almost like somebody had a, a, a hand on her throat. She was like, and her eyes got like that. And I said, in the name of Jesus, I command you to get out of her right now. You demon of oppression, of depression, of suicide, get out of her right now. Loose her and let her go now in Jesus' name. She fell to the ground. Her eyes got back. She took a deep breath, and she began, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. She felt like, and I can see, like a relief came upon her, like a weight lifted off of her. I just seen it come out of her. And she took a deep breath, and her eyes got to the, the normal eyes. And all of a sudden, without me even having to tell her, Tears coming down her eyes. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. The devil has no authority over the church. The devil has no authority over the people of God. He has been defeated. Christ Jesus has transferred the authority over to the church. And it's time that the church rises up in all power and authority in the name of Jesus. And put every, every devil to flight in Jesus' name. How many believers are here this morning? I said, oh, that doesn't look good. That looks creepy. She got up, came and sat in the service. 
I hate what the devil does to people. Because I know what, it, I know, I know what sin does in the lives of people. Jesus knew and he hated. That's why he groaned when he seen what had happened to Lazarus and the people crying. It says that he groaned. It was like an anger, not at the people, but at sin. Sin is a destroyer. It destroys the lives of the people. But thank God that the power of sin has been broken by the blood of Jesus. We're no longer slaves to sin. If you belong to Christ Jesus, you're no longer. Sin has no hold on you. And you got to know that. In the name of Jesus, today can be the day that you are set free from the power of sin, from the bondage of the enemy, from any place that the enemy has kept you in captivity. Today is your day of freedom. And today is your day of liberty in Jesus' mighty name. I'm going to pray this morning for you. And the Lord is going to set you free in Jesus' name. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. With a great commission comes great protection. That is why when they said, don't lay hands on people. We, we did more altar calls than ever. That's why when they said, don't do communion. How can we put away communion that represents the blood of Jesus and the body of Jesus? The devil is a liar. Christ Jesus is truth. And we choose to obey God rather than men. Let God be truth and every man a liar. We baptized people. We dedicated babies. We hugged. We did everything they told us not to do. Yeah, we got criticized, but we're still getting criticized. And we're going to continue to get criticized. But we're going to face the Lord. And we're going to be accountable to everything that God has called us to do. <laughs> and you're not going to be next to me. I'm not going to be next to you. Each and every one of us. God has a plan and a purpose. Each and every one of you, whether you know it or not, you have a testimony. You have a testimony of, of, of awesome things that the Lord has done in your life. Don't get distracted. He's fine. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, stretch forth your hand. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your healing power from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. Spirit of infirmity, spirit of oppression, spirit every disease, every demonic attack upon his body. I command you to loose him. Let him go right now in the name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus, every demonic attack that is causing him to hurt himself, I loose your power and I command you to set him free in the name of Jesus. Now may the peace of God and the healing power of Jesus be upon him from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. In the name 
of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Say, thank you, Jesus. Say, thank you, Jesus. Ooh, in the name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. You're going to begin to see, Crystal. You're going to begin to see. Like that little cloud. You're going to begin to see the hand of God. You're going to begin to see progress. Consider it done in the name of Jesus. He shall rise up and walk for the glory of God. He shall speak for the glory of God. In the name of Jesus, what Satan intended for your shame, it shall be for the glory of God. In Jesus' mighty name. Worship team, come up here. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. How many, how many of you know we serve a God of miracles? How many of you know we serve a God of miracles? The Bible says Christ Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The things that he's done, he's still doing them. He's going to continue to do them until Jesus returns. Hallelujah. The church started in the fire. It continued in the fire. It gave them a great boldness to preach the gospel. Shy Peter wasn't shy no more. He was bold Peter. The fire of the Holy Ghost upon your life gets you, gives you a boldness, a boldness. To be strong and courageous. To speak forth the, the, the goodness of God. To preach the gospel. And the Bible says that that very outreach that Peter had, after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, 3,000 people gave, repented of their sins and gave their lives to Jesus. Oh, glory be to God. The Bible says that they preached with boldness. They continued in the fire, healing the sick. A layman. From birth sitting at the temple entry when Peter and John seen him full of the Holy Ghost and full of the fire of God silver and gold have I none but this that I do have I give unto you in the name of Jesus rise up and walk and the Bible says that they took him by the hands picked him up and his legs regain gain strength and the Bible says that this man that couldn't walk now found himself entering into the temple walking and leaping and praising God walking and leaping and and I believe we're gonna see my brother we're gonna see my brother coming into this house walking and leaping and praise glory walking and leaping and praising God some of you came in this house, oppressed, broken, downcasted, said, you know what? I'm going to go one more time. Already made plans for, you know, to commit suicide. But you decided to come. Just, I'm just going to go one, one. I'm, you don't know why you came, but now you know. You didn't know why you came, but then your eyes were opened, you know? And, and, and you walked into this place of grace. You walked into this place of the presence of God. 
That means everything to me because this is what it's all about. And you walked into this place and Jesus touched your life. Jesus set you free. Jesus gave you eyes that cease and ears that hear. But, but the Spirit of God, you realize I have a purpose in this life. The devil tried to lie to me and tell me I was already going to take my life out. And then you realize, God, you're so wonderful. You encounter the power of God's love. <laughs> right, Perlita? And it changes your life forever, which is just the beginning of it. It's just the beginning of it. Amen. Oh, Jesus. They never back down. They never count compromise. Rather, we rather obey you or man. We're going to obey God. We're going to do what God tells us to do. Amen. That's what the Holy Ghost and the fire of God will do in your life. It'll cause you to walk in a boldness. It'll cause you to want what God wants. Love what God loves. Walk, live a life of holiness. Live a, a life that, you know, that, that, that doesn't compromise the things of God. That doesn't, that is set for eternity. That is eternity minded. Being about your father's business. Reaching the lost. The Bible says they overcame him, the evil one, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And their they loved their lives not unto death. That's what they did. That's what we do. We overcome him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. Look what Jesus has done. Look what Jesus did in my life. Look what Jesus did in your life. And if he did it for you, he'll do it for somebody else. But how will they know unless you tell them? You must testify. You must testify of the power and of the love of Jesus Christ. They didn't. Li they loved their lives not unto death. They, didn't, they weren't scared of dying. They weren't scared of no pandemic. They weren't scared of no virus. They cursed viruses. They delivered people. Because they knew by the power of the Holy Ghost and by the fire of God what they were carrying, who was in them, who was with them. And that's where God wants you to be. You are the part of the church of the living God. You are the body of Christ. The church must continue in the fire. The church must go out in the fire of God. Let us pray. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, for all that you've done in our lives. Thank you, Lord, for your Holy Ghost and for your fire upon our lives. Thank you for choosing us Lord thank you Lord for choosing your people here this morning thank you for your hand upon their lives thank you Lord that the good work that you have begun in them you're going to continue to perfect it Lord through the power of the Holy Ghost and through the fire of your Holy Spirit Father for you know where each and every one of them are at in their lives 
And I pray that even as your word has gone forth this morning, I pray, Father, that you have begun to do the work that needs, needed to be done in their lives, Lord. To put them in the place that they need to be, Father, with you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that one, not one person will miss your plan for their lives. Not one person at the sound of my voice, Father God, will leave your path because of the things of the world. I thank you, Lord, that they will be preserved by your Holy Spirit, by your blood, and by the infilling of the Holy Spirit and the fire of God. Continue to open the eyes of their understanding, Lord. We may do your will. In Jesus' name. This is what I'm going to do before I pray. If you're here this morning, first and foremost, you're not, you're here this morning, you've never given your life to Jesus. You heard about the church of the Lord, and you might say, you know, I'm not part of that body. I've never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of my life. I want to invite you to make that decision this morning. That is the most important decision you'll ever make. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. But there's a gift in God and it's eternal life. And the Bible says that whosoever, no matter who you are, where you come from, what you've done, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If that's you this morning and you want to give your life to Jesus, you want to be a part of the church of the living God, right there where you're at, I want you to lift up your hands and I want to pray for you right now, unashamed. Just lift up your hand right there where you're at and say, would you please pray for me? Anybody in this house? Anybody in this house? I'm looking around. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You might be here this morning and you might say, you know what? I've already answered an altar call. I've already given my life to Jesus. But you know, since that, that you've done that there's things that have taken place in your life that caused you to get away from the things of God you were once running towards God you were once where you need you were once in that rightful place with God but due to life that happened in your life you have found yourself away from the things of God you're no longer serving him like you should but today you've come today you heard and today you say I want to come back to my father I want to rededicate my life. I want a clean slate. I want a fresh start. You know, God is waiting for you. He's not mad at you. The Bible says if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just not only to forgive us, but to cleanse us from all acts of unrighteousness. If you hear this morning and that is you and you say, I want to, I want to come back to my father. I want to come back and I want a clean slate. I want a fresh start. Would you want to rededicate my life to Jesus? Would you Please pray for me this morning. If that's you, right where you're at, just wave your hand at me and, and I want to pray for you. Don't leave out of here the same. Hallelujah. Don't leave out of here the same. I see familiar faces, but I never assumed. Are you with me? I never assumed you where you need to be with the Lord. You'll never come to the Power of Love Church and never have an opportunity to either give your life to Jesus or make things right with the Lord. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand up this morning. Now final call if you're here this morning before we close and then we're going to continue tonight 
I don't know what's going to happen, but it'll be good. Bring your dancing shoes. Hallelujah. We don't put balloons up for nothing. <laughs> Glory to God. How many of you feel like the Lord spoke to you this morning? I'm going to open up the altar. If you're here this morning and you desire prayer, whether it be healing in your body, you heard as I was ministering unto you, you might say, you know, I haven't, I need a, I need a, I need a fresh touch from the Lord. I need a, or maybe you've never been baptized in the Holy Ghost. And you're here this morning. I said, I want you say, I want to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the fire of God. I'm going to do this. I'm going to ask you to get out of your seat, and I want you to come to the front, and I'm going to pray for you. And as you come to the front, I just want you to lift up your hands. Hallelujah. I just want you to lift up your hands in the name of Jesus. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Do you need healing in your body? I want you to, I want you to come as well. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Get your eyes on Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, get ready for these next, this next half of this year. Supernatural. It'll be supernatural in the name of Jesus. Oh, talaba shatarama handaraba sidria. Thank you, Father. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm gonna come and I'm gonna lay hands on you. I'm gonna pray for you in the name of Jesus. Receive it. Oh, talaba shidriaba satarama handara.